right, 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. Tonight, after we're done, I'd like to do a testimony time. Uh, and I, you know, it's kind of one of those awkward things, but we're, we're, we're a close enough family. Look, if you're not doing the church Bible reading chart, that doesn't mean you're a bad guy, okay? Some people just have their own way of studying the Bible. Not at all. But how many of you are doing the, the Bible reading chart together in church? Great. Wow, many of you are. That's wonderful. And if you're not, I mean, sometimes you, like, I, I'm doing that, but I have other things I'm doing, too. Um, regardless, I think tonight, we, after we're done, we're going to do some testimonies about the Word of God, the precious, precious Word of God. Mrs. Carlisle's got me really thinking about that a lot. She's been messaging me on Tuesdays. Every Tuesday morning, she sends my wife and I a powerful message, pray for none, meaning pray for none to, to not have a copy of the Word of God. And uh, what a, what a, whew, it's convicting when you think about how we have the Word of God. We have multiple copies of the Word of God. And here we are getting ready to look at the Word of God. We can freely study it. And I was thinking about this, too, because you can Google the Word of God, you know. But so much, there's still so much on this planet. First of all, they may not have access to Google, but also they are under government control that won't allow the Bible to be on the Google platforms that they have in those particular countries. And so just continue to pray for the Word of God. Every time we read the Word of God, we ought to pray that we ought to thank Him that we have the Word of God, and we ought to pray for that, that somebody out there that doesn't have a copy of the Bible, that they will get one soon. And uh, what a blessing it is to know about the seed project and all the work that's going into that. So look at me there in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse number 1. You have Paul and Silvanus and Timotheus under the church of the Thessalonians, which is in God the Father and in the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. All right. You know, I'm, we're going to have a little fun tonight. Yeah, just a little bit of fun, okay? I'm going to give out a $20 bill. My wife is not allowed to, do, to play in this. To the first person that can figure out who Sylvanus is without using Google at first, okay? So don't use Google. No Google cheaters, okay? If you use Google and you get this $20 bill, then I pray that God infest your armpits tonight with 1,000 fleas and you sleep miserably, okay? <laughs> um, but by using your Bible... Uh, you can use your phone, you can use your Bible on your phone, but don't Google it. Who is Sylvanus? The first person to stand up and say his name, besides, my wife is not allowed to answer because I gave her the answer and, and I'm taking her on a date tomorrow night, so she's good. Uh, who is Sylvanus? You're going to get this crisp $20 bill, which I know it's not a whole lot in the Joe Biden economy, but this will at least buy you one stick of gum and um, that'll be great. No, no. It'll buy you more than that still. Thank God there's still a little value in the dollar. All right? All right? No Google. God is watching you. God, are any of them on Google? Yes, we have a, well, we have a guesser, all right? Yes. It is Silas. That is correct. Paul and Silas. How did you find that out? Is your husband watching online? Okay, I didn't say you couldn't ask your husband there. One flesh. All right, come on up here, Cash. You got the $20 bill. All right, congratulations. Give her a hand. I mean, how many think Mikey should get at least half of that since he gave her the answer, you know? She's like, uh-uh, that's gone. That $20 bill is gone. All right, very good. All right, it is Silas. It is Silas. I was thinking about how it's, it's so funny because I, as soon as I read that, I was like, oh, my goodness, it's Paul and Silas. We know who Paul and Silas is and all that good stuff, and uh, we'll get into that in just a second. But if you look in the Greek definition, the Greek words 
Greek, if you, when, you, when you get familiar with ESORD, um, the definitions of Greek words are, are a number system. If you use ESORD or, or, or any concordance, I mean, I'm sorry, any dictionary, like Strong's Dictionary, Strong's Concordance that teaches you the Greek and Hebrew. In Hebrew, you'll see H and then a number assigned to it. H means Hebrew. G, Greek, and then a number assigned to it. Of course, New Testament is Greek. Old Testament is Hebrew. Um, the number of Silvanus and the number of Sidus are literally one number off of each other. So what it boils down to is simply this. Like, Brother Thad, your real name is Thaddeus, right? All right? And you prefer to go by Brother Thad, right? I mean, do you like being called Brother Thaddeus? It, do, it does sound more intelligent. I mean, if somebody calls you Brother Thaddeus, it's fine. Yeah, a lot of people. See, I, I can say it right because my parents almost named me that. And I thought Thaddeus would have been a good name. I like Thad. But then they went with Randolph. And I'm not joking. This is a funny story. A teenager literally messaged me the other day and said he read my book, Heart Language. And he says on his post, he was promoting my book, which is very kind. And, you know, I talk about Jesus in the book. I talk about parents. But this teenager, the way teenagers think, this teenager said, Biggest takeaway, most shocking fact is that Brother Randy's real name is Randolph. I'm like, that's all you got out of that book? And salvation's in there. My dad is in there. My wife and kids are in there. This church is in there. My, I mean, we talk about so many things in that book, but he got, see, some of you don't know because you still haven't read it. Anyway, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, but he, he said Randolph was the biggest takeaway. Now, my, I tell you, we tease all the time. My parents, you know, discriminated against their hearing children. They gave their deaf daughter a normal name, Jennifer Sarah. I'm Randolph Swain, and my brother's Nicholas Alvin. Good night. Let me figure that out, man. At least Nicholas is a little bit more normal than Randolph, man. I mean, Randolph, man, I got made fun of all the time. Randolph the red-faced dignity. I mean, I had heard it all. Heard it all, right? So maybe, maybe Sylvanus said he was in class one day, just like I was many times going up in school, the first day of school. And the teacher goes down the list, and they always start from A and go to Z. And once they get close to D, I know he's about to say my name, or she's about to say my name. And, and they say, uh, Dignan, Randy, Randy will be fine. Dignan, Dignan, Randolph. And they always say it, you know. And Sylvanus, probably the same way. Teacher said, hey, so Sylvan, Silas, Silas will be fine. Just call me Silas, okay? Silas. Because we still have people named Silas nowadays, you know. Usually they're rednecks, but I mean, we have Siluses out there. And by the way, you know why they're called Silas? Does anybody know what Sylvanus means? It means a man of the forest. Brother Brad, we could have called you Sylvanus Mitchell, man. I mean, come on now. A man of the forest, a woodsman. So Silas is his name. And that kind of is fitting. A lot of the Silas I know. Isn't Uncle Si? Anyway, we better not ask about Uncle Si. All right. But so that's who he is. He's Silas. Silas in the Bible. That's who he is, all right? Uh, Sylvanus does mean that it is a man of the forest and uh Technically, there's a debate as to which one was his nickname. I, I take, typically, they say most nicknames are usually shorter than the long name. Like, for example, many of you don't know that they called Bartholomew Bart, Jesus' disciple. Anyway, no, I don't know if they did that. I'm just... Some of you are really slow tonight, okay? His name was Bartholomew, and they called him Bart. Peter was called Petey. All right, but anyway, no, we're, gonna, we're done with that, okay? Let's move right along, okay? So, so there's deba debate as to whether or not Sylvanus or Silas was the nickname, and so, or, or Sylvanus or Silas was the official name. But there's, they, they pretty much come to the conclusion that Sylvanus was his name, given name, but he said he went by Silas. 
which is why in Acts chapter 16 you see when, when, when Acts 16 talks about him, Silas is his name. But in 1 Thessalonians 1, personally, I think Paul was messing with Silvanus. So that when he read it later, he's like, Paul, seriously, you had to use my real name? And Paul, see, we don't think they were, had fun like that. We think of Paul as some prudish man who like never burped or never had fun. But, but Paul was a human being like us. And I could see him asking Holy Spirit, can I put Silvanus in here just for fun to harass Silas? And the Holy Spirit's like, yeah, let's have a little fun with that. And they put Silvanus in there, okay? Now, that's nothing in the commentaries. That's just... That's from the commentary of RSD, Randolph Swain Dignan, okay? That's just for fun there. But the fact of the matter is, is that Silvanus or Silas were his, were his names. And again, the Greek definition of both of those names are one number apart, which means they are almost the identical Greek word. So Paul and Silas and Timothy traveled together. Now, so here's something that's important for us to notice as you study the epistles. Again, this is still some of the introductory stuff. We won't be real long tonight. Whatever long. But if you look at this, Paul, you, you won't see Silvanus in all the other epistles, but it makes sense. Why? Because Paul, Silas, and Timothy traveled together from Philippi to Thessalonica. So obviously there's no need to mention Silvanus or Silas, or would be no need to mention them, him to uh, Ephesus or to Colossa, because the people from Philippi and the people from Thessalonica would have been more familiar with him, because he actually physically went to their churches there, okay? Um, so Silas is what he's called in all the book of Acts. The book of Acts calls him Silas. No mention of Silvanus. So Luke knew him as Silas, right? But it's interesting, he's mentioned, he's called Silvanus in four epistles, not Silas. Three of the epistles that Paul wrote. And Peter gives him a shout out in one of his epistles. And Peter calls him Silvanus. So... <laughs> They all must, I don't know, when we get to heaven, we'll find out which name he'd rather go by. But so Silas is what he's called in the book of Acts, and in the other four epistles, he's called Silvanus. Now, um, Brother Andy, I don't know if you know this. I, I found this out last week. Many believe he wrote the book of Hebrews. And I, that's a new one to me. I'd always heard that there's a debate between Paul, Peter, Apollos, you know, is another name that gets mentioned as possibly writing Peter. But as I was studying this out, I was shocked to find out that Silas is in that top five list of potentially being the one that wrote the book of Hebrews. Because we don't know who wrote Hebrews, right? We don't, we don't really have any solid evidence as to who wrote Hebrews. We know who wrote James. We know who wrote the Peters. We know who wrote all the epistles that Paul wrote because Paul tells us. But who wrote Hebrews? We don't know, but it could have been Silas. Now, he's very famous for a story we're going to get to in just a second. But number one, one of the things that they talk about when Silas even outside the Bible, was he was, he, was, he was very consistent in his service. He was very unwavering in his service to God. All right, so you see here again, 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 1, Paul and Silvanus and Timotheus and to the church of the Thessalonians, which is in God the Father and Lord Jesus Christ. So when they read this epistle at Thessalonica, the church of Thessalonica, obviously it meant a lot to the people there because they knew who he was. They knew how important he was. If you look at 2 Thessalonians, the very next book, you'll see, again, Paul and Silvanus and Timotheus. These three men were important to them, and so Paul mentions Silvanus on purpose because he knew it would be significant to the church of Thessalonica as they read this. His service was what his big testimony was. He was a behind-the-scenes kind of a man. I personally don't like to use the phrase second man. A lot of churches will call the assistant pastor second man. If you call an assistant pastor the second man, that, that assumes the pastor is the first man. 
I personally don't like to use that. I, there, if there's a first man in this church, his name is Jesus Christ. That's the first man of this church. However, he was more like an assistant pastor or an associate pastor. Uh, he helped Paul. He did whatever Paul needed him to do, which typically the true definition of an assistant pastor in America nowadays is one that does whatever the pastor does not want to do. That's typically the answer you'll hear in America today. But he was a behind-the-scenes guy. He was an avid soul winner. He was a very, very aggressive soul winner. He was a staunch prayer warrior. And again, he possibly wrote the book of Hebrews. Now, you all hear sirens too? Okay, just want to make sure. All right, so he, he, he had a testimony that was, was very impressive. So much so, that remember when Paul and Barnabas had a big fight, right? Who did Paul take? He took Silas with him. He's like, well, if I can't go with Barnabas, then I'm taking Silas with me, okay? So now let's go to the book of Acts, Acts chapter 16. Acts chapter number 16 tonight. Acts chapter 16 is a very famous passage that talks to us about Paul and Silas. What happens in this chapter, church? You all know what happens. Paul is preaching and ministering and, and does something, casts out a demon. Next thing you know, he's arrested. He's going to end up getting released from this whole situation because he pulls out his passport and says hey I'm a Roman citizen and they're, they're like "Ooh, you're a Roman citizen oops we're sorry about that and they end up getting marched out and it's I love that passage if you really study it out you find out that the Romans were embarrassed because they harassed Paul if you will and and so they said well we'll just let you walk away way and Paul said no you you arrested me in a parade so you're going to send me out in a parade so the whole community's going to know what an idiot you are and Paul got to march out and people saw that testimony but before all that happened in the middle of the arrest and the release, we have our one instance in the Bible of a jailhouse rock. Here it is. Acts chapter 16, verse 20, the Bible says, And brought them to the magistrate, saying, These men, being Jews, do exceedingly trouble our city. Isn't it amazing that someone that preaches the gospel or stands for the truth troubles the city? You know, we're seeing that nowadays. Isn't it amazing that for example, just the other day, there was a football player that was interviewed on NBC, and this quarterback named C.J. Stroud, all season long, every time he's interviewed, he opens up every interview with, I want to thank my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and then he takes the questions from the reporter. But NBC, when they redid that video, they clipped out the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and they got called on the carpet for it. Americans started calling all over and saying, why didn't you play the whole part of the interview? And C.J. Stroud himself protested, and it sounds to me, I heard somewhere that he told him, if you're not going to play my whole interview, then don't interview me anymore. So it's a blessing to see people taking a little stand like that. Pray tell me why Jesus Christ is such a threat to society. He's not, but he's a threat to the evil one, Satan. And so Satan, who has a lot more influence on the media today, a lot more influence on the media today than the Lord Jesus Christ does, is going to fight that every chance he gets. So here they are. Okay, well, let's ask you a question. What are they doing to exceedingly trouble our city? Well, we talk about an exaggeration. They weren't just troubling the city. They were exceedingly troubling the city. And teach customs which are not lawful for us to receive, neither to observe being Romans. And the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates ran off their clothes and commanded to beat them. And when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely. Who, having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in the stocks, and at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. Oh, my. Now, let me just teach you just a little bit something about this, because Silas is here. Paul gets a lot of the credit or attention in this chapter, 
and, and rightfully so, but, but Silas was there. Now, when these men were put into the inner prison, that does not mean it was like a prison like we have here in the United States of America. Those of us that have worked in the prison, in the prison ministry, know. I'm just going to say it like it is because it needs to be said. They have very comfortable conditions in the prisons of America. They just do, all right? These people were put in the inner prison. Usually meant you were sitting in water, possibly, that covered your legs. Some say, historically, it could have been raw sewage. You were usually in stocks, and there's a good possibility that rats were crawling around you, crawling on your shoulder, crawling around your neck, and you couldn't really get them off with your hands. You would have to try to knock them off with your head. I mean, it's, it was disgusting, very disgusting. Now, I don't know about you, but I think I've never had a bad day quite like that, man. That's a pretty bad day. But what do Paul and Silas do? What do Paul and Silvanus do? They teach us a valuable lesson that no matter where we are in life, no matter what we go, and that leads us to the statement number two. The thing you'll find about Silas and Ursavanus is his spirit was incredible. He had an incredible spirit. Now, we know we're not talking about the Holy Spirit here. We're talking about the same kind of spirit that Caleb gets a shout-out for in the book of Numbers. We're talking about the spirit of attitude. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. That word spirit is lowercase s spirit. It's not talking about the Holy Spirit. We're talking about the spirit that man has. You and I, when we get saved, our spirit is quickened. The Holy Spirit comes into us. He channels and talks to us through that spirit. And because of that spirit now, we have the, the courage that, and, and that's what's necessary uh, to, to, to embrace and face things. And his spirit was, was, was phenomenal. And so it wasn't like even Paul had to twist his arm and say, hey, Silas, I hope you're good with this. I hope you and I both agree to this. Let's, let's, try, let's try to praise God. No, Silas was right there with him. The Bible says, and at midnight, Paul and Silas, Silas was right there, Silvanus is right there, prayed, saying praise unto God, and the prisoners heard them. I love how the Bible says the prisoners heard them, but more importantly, guess who else heard them? God heard them. And the Bible says, and suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were open, and everyone's bands were loose, and the keeper of the prison, waking out of his sleep, and seeing the prison doors open, he drew out his sword and would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had been fled. All of a sudden the doors are open, he's thinking for sure, these guys are out of here, the stocks are off, the prison doors are open, they're going to run out of here, and here's what the Bible says, this is amazing, but Paul cried with a loud voice saying, do thyself no harm, watch what he says here, for we are all here. That means the other prisoners didn't even take off. They're like, we're going to stick around and see this. Here's, the, here's a statement that really challenged me. Do we live in such a way in 2024 that people say, I want to stick around and see what they do next? Do we have the kind of testimony as a Christian that the world says, man, that dude is always... I'm going to watch. He's, surely he's going to slip. Surely he's going to flip out. Surely he's going to, surely she's going to, surely. And they watch you for a while. And these guys have a free pat. They could have run out. Remember, there's no cameras back in those days. There's no, I mean, they didn't have CSI, whatever, CIS, whatever they call it, you know, all that stuff. They didn't have any of that fingerprint ministry stuff. These guys could have flee, fled and ran out on the streets, but they stayed. Paul says, we are all here. Everybody's checking this out, man. We got to see this. We got to see this. One of the things you learn about prison ministry is prisoners are usually the first ones to know why you're in prison, which is why some guys have to get put in PC, protective custody, because word travels fast. So these guys probably knew why they're in prison, probably thinking, these guys are in prison for preaching and teaching. They didn't do anything. They didn't rob. They didn't steal. And they, they got stripes. The Bible says they had stripes. They got beat. Let's see what happens here. Paul cries with a loud voice, do thyself no harm, for we are all here. Then he called for light and sprang, and he came trembling and fell down before Paul, and again, God says, make sure I want you to know, Paul and Silas. 
Silas is still here. Brought them out and said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved in thy house. And the rest is history. That is Silvanus. That is the Silas of the Bible, though. That is a testimony of a saint that Paul handpicked to go with him. As a man that was a servant, faithful to his service, they said till the day he died, and a man who had an incredible spirit, who was going to praise God when the sun was shining and praise God when, the, when it was pouring down rain outside. He's going to praise God when everything's going good. He's going to praise God when he's sitting in the inner prison. What a testimony. And God gives us these stories in the Bible to challenge us as Christians today. Our stresses and our pressures and our trials and our burdens are different than what theirs was. Maybe ours, some say ours might have even been harder because a lot of times persecution rallies Christians. Sometimes persecution causes a Christian to rise up and say, watch me. However, we are entertaining a much, much, much more maybe dangerous complacency and apathy. But you know what combats that? Service and a good spirit. Good lessons we learned from Silvanus. Call my man Silas tonight, amen. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Thank you for listening so well. tells the sun to rise every morning colors the sky with the shades of his glory wakes us with mercy and love Jesus does who holds the orphan comforts the widow cries for injustice feels every sorrow carries the pain of his children jesus does so we sing praise to the father who gave us the son praise to the spirit who's living in us when i was a sinner he saved me from who i was because that's what jesus does Stands the heart of a sinner, showers his grace over all our mistakes, washes us clean with his blood. Jesus does. Who sings the song of sweet forgiveness? Who stole the keys to hell and the grave? Who has the power to save? Does. So we sing praise to the Father who gave us the Son, praise to the Spirit who's living in us. When I was a sinner, He saved me from who I was, because that's what Jesus does. And oh, what a friend! came to my rescue when I needed him most and saved my soul. So we sing praise to the Father who gave us the Son, praise to the Spirit.
give us the Son. Praise to the Spirit who's living in us. When I was a sinner, save me from who I was. Oh, I know that's what Jesus does. That's what Jesus does.